So I'm, I am thankful to be here tonight. And when pastor asked me to preach tonight on Heartland Sunday, I'll tell you, I came to Luke 16. I want to invite you to turn there. Luke chapter 16 with me tonight. And we're going to begin reading verse number one. Luke chapter 16, verse number one. And he said unto his disciples, I think that's important. He is speaking to his disciples. There was a certain rich man which had a steward. And the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig to beg, I am ashamed. I like to laugh at that because of what he said there, and I'll get to that in just a moment. I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him, and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, An hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then said he to another, And how much owest thou? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and write fourscore. Now notice verse 8, because this bothers a lot of people. We're just going to try to preach the Bible and tell you what it says tonight, all right? And the Lord commended the unjust steward. Well, why? Because he had done wisely. Now notice this, for the children of this world, lost people, are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Unfortunately, that's true. And I say unto you, this is where I'm going to end up tonight. I'm going to get here. Make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No man can serve two masters, for either will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And for just a few moments tonight, here's what I want to preach about. Right out of this passage, investing earthly resources for an eternal return. This is on Heartland Sunday, so that's where we're going to work tonight. Father, again, thank you for the Word of God. I pray the Spirit of God would fill me. I pray you'd speak to our hearts now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated tonight. Thank you for standing. 30, 35 years ago, I had a, heard a story about a lady who was working at a restaurant. She was poor. She was trying to feed her family. Her husband had passed away probably 15, 16 years before that. And um, she was just trying to get by. One day, some people came into the restaurant. They had been looking for this woman for some time. And uh, 
they said, you know, man, we've been looking for you. You're a multimillionaire. And she said, I'm dirt poor. How can that be? She said, well, they said many years ago, your husband made a thousand dollar investment in a company called Walmart. And that has had stock dividends that have divided over and over and it's made you a millionaire. Now that's a, I wish, I wish somebody had done that for me back in 1970. But I'm telling you that's a small investment that's made, but I'm telling you it had, it had grown very large in that amount of time. Well, when you think about 40, approximately 40 parables that Jesus Christ told in the Gospels, it's interesting that about one-third of them deal with money. They deal with possessions. And I don't think that should surprise us because we live in a society, yea, I think we live in a culture that is obsessed with money. How do you acquire it? How do you spend it? How do you save it? How do you borrow it? How do you invest it? How do you keep it? I mean, on and on the list goes in our day and time. And this is a parable here tonight. It's referred to as the parable of the unjust steward. And I want you to notice this, that it was given to the same audience that the previous parable was given to. That would have been about the lost sheep, the lost silver, and the lost son. But you'll notice that that particular parable was given to the Pharisees and to the scribes in chapter 15. And this particular uh, parable is given to the disciples according to verse number one. And again, it was the same audience, but primarily Jesus is speaking to his disciples here. Now, there is, let's just be honest. The elephant in the room is there's a major difficulty with this particular parable. And that is how in the world can you get someone that has been dishonest? How can he be commended for what he did? Well, I'm going to try to answer that tonight because we're not going to say, well, he's not a bad guy, not a bad dude because he stole. He was wicked. He stole. He squandered. He wasted. We're going to get that here in just a moment. So we're not going to commend that. And that is not what Jesus Christ is commending in Luke chapter 16. He's commending how wisely he was and what he prepared, what he prepared for his firing. So I want you to notice some things here tonight. I just want to point them out to you and I trust it'll be a help, I trust it'll be a blessing and we'll go to the house here in just a little bit. I want you to notice that the Bible speaks about this man's character here in verse number one and verse number two. There was a certain rich man and, this, and he had a steward. Well, what is a steward? Well, a steward is not a word that we would use today, but in that culture, it was like a house manager. It would be like an administrator, someone that was overseeing this man's business in this particular culture and evidently, this man, according to what I've read, would have been considered a free man because he would have high social status and he would have this great responsibility that was laid upon him here by this rich man. Now, the debts that this, that this rich man had had out to these farmers were very large. So this was a very large operation. I'll tell you about that in just a moment. But I want you to notice what the Bible says here. That this steward wasted his master's goods. Now I found this quite interesting, excuse me, that the word wasted was used back in chapter 15, verse 13, when the prodigal son wasted what his father had given him and went to the far, far country. It's the same word here in this passage. And so he wasted, well, what does that mean? Well, it means he squandered it. He didn't use it right. 
He was supposed to, and he didn't do that. And, and listen, this wasn't something that was a one-time event. This was an ongoing thing that he was doing. And so the Bible says here that this steward was the same was accused. That is, that, uh, the word accused there is where we get our word. Uh, it has to do with maliciousness and the accuser like the devil. And what was being said, whether it's right or wrong, it doesn't have to have malicious intent. They're telling the truth. This man is not doing right. And so in verse number two, the boss called him in. The rich man said, you're fired. You're fired. Get out of here. We're done. You're not going to do this anymore. All right. So this man is a poor, a poor character in how he's treated his master's business. I want you to notice something else here. In verse number three and four, he begins to contemplate. What am I going to do? Once you notice what the Word of God says, just, it, I don't know, there's things like this that kind of intrigue me. And he said, what shall I do? So he started thinking, don't miss this. He started thinking about his future. I'm going to go pay my bills. I'm going to pay my chariot payment. How am I going to make my house payment? I mean, how's this going to work here? And so once you notice here, he, fa he faced two very unpleasant alternatives. He said, number one, I cannot dig. Well, I'll just, I'll be honest with you. Digging's hard work. And it kind of makes me think that he might have been a little bit lazy. I don't want to read too much into the text there, but he didn't want to dig. And he said, you know what? I can't beg. I'm too ashamed to go out and beg, but you're not too ashamed to go out and defraud and waste your master's goods. Come on, get with it, friend. He just said, I can't do this, but I want you to notice here in verse number four, because this drives at what I want to get across here tonight. The Bible says, he said, I am resolved what to do. I know what I'm going to do. What are you going to do? Now notice this. When I am put out of the stewardship I'm resolved to do that when I'm put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. You need to get that. I want to be well received when I lose my job. I want to be well received by these people out here because I'm not going to have a job and I want them to be able to take care of me a little bit later on down the road. Now, I'm going to tell you the way that this scheme came about was just as crooked as the devil. There's nothing right about that. You can't get around. There's no wiggle room to get around this. But listen to this. The desire to be received was not evil in itself. That's not, that's not the evil part here. He's making, listen, making plans to be received favorably is what Jesus is trying to get across here to his disciples in this parable. And Jesus did not condone the evil or the thievery or the wasting of this unjust steward here. What he commended was this, that this man said, I'm gonna lose my job and I'm thinking about the future. Because when I'm put out, I want to have somebody to take me in here. May I remind you that everyone in this room is one day going to face God. It is appointed unto men once to die and after this the judgment. And Amos said we must prepare to meet God. We're all going to meet God one of these days. So you need to make preparations like we heard this morning in the morning message. There needs to be some preparation. All right, so notice this. Look at verses five. I'm going to do this quick. So he followed a course of action. So in this day and time, you had contracts that would be written and renegotiated. And that was a fairly uh, normal thing to do in this day and time, I'm told from the culture. And so since he still had the, 
the contracts apparently here had access to them. Uh, he called these debtors in and he said, I got a proposition for you. Look here at verse number, uh, verse number five. He said, how much do you owe my Lord? And he said, I owe a hundred measures of oil. Stop right there. How much is that? About 875 gallons. That's quite a bit. That's the yield of about 150 olive trees. And it was worth about a thousand denarii in that day and time. That's more than three years wage. So it, it, we're not talking about pennies here. We're talking about a big chunk of money here. But you'll notice he cut it in half. I just cut your bill in half. You don't, you don't have to owe that. You can just pay half of it now. Well, why would he do that? Because he wants to be reciprocated in the future. I didn't say this. I have it somewhere in my notes. I don't remember where it's at. But I'm going to tell you, that's a big deal in the Middle East. If you, I'm, I'm going to use this term. If you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. That's the idea. And it was, it was well thought of in that day and time. So that's what he did for the one. Look at the other one here in verse number seven. He said the other, how much do you owe? He said, I owe 100 measures of wheat. And he said to him, take thy bill and write four score. All right. So he only got reduced 20%. So 100 measures of wheat would have been equivalent to eight to 10 years wages for a common laborer. We're talking about lots of money here. So he said, I'm going to reduce yours by 20%. So you're going to say, well, how come he didn't give me equal treatment? Well, I, I don't know because the Bible doesn't say, but I can take a guess. Probably one of them could do more for him than the other one could. That's just a guess. I'm just saying, I don't know. But I'm telling you, that's what he did. Now look at verse number eight. Stay with me. And the Lord, now I'm going to take that to be the rich man that owned all this. I don't think that's Jesus. He's going to speak here in just a moment. And the Lord commended the unjust steward. All right, I want you to notice this, that this Lord did not commend this steward because he was wasteful or irresponsible or a thief. That is not why he commended him. What does your Bible say? The Bible says because he'd done wisely. Well, that's an interesting word. It only appears one time in the Bible. And I'm talking about the New Testament, this one Greek word here. And it speaks of being shrewd. It speaks of acting wisely. It speaks of acting with insight, thinking about something. So I, I want you to get this tonight. He is not commending the character of this unjust steward. That's not what he's commending. That's not what he's praising here. That's not even what he's talking about. He's not talking about that this guy was dishonest and I want to praise him. He's saying, you know what? This guy was thinking about the future. Now look at verse number eight, the last part. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. What does that mean? Well, listen to this. Lost people are more skilled and more diligent in securing their temporal future in this present life then those whose citizenship is in heaven are concerned about the world to come. That's what the Word of God's saying here. Uh, let me make sure I say it this way. 
these matters in which the steward could be praised are matters and many times in which the world outshines believers. Now I, have a, I have a quote here. I'm, I don't, I'm not going to read it all. Alexander McLaren, listen to this. Men will spend endless time and pains and devote concentration, persistence, self-denial, diligence to learning how to play upon some instrument how to swing upon a trapeze, how to twist themselves into abnormal contortions, jugulars and fiddlers and circus riders and dancers and people of that sort spend far more time upon effort to perfect themselves in their profession than 99 out of every 100 professing Christians do to make themselves true followers of Jesus Christ. That's the point that Jesus is making. So, this is Heartland Sunday. So I can say this to the Heartland students. Uh, there are people out here going to other places, and this is not, I'm just saying, not everybody's called to Bible college. I get that. But there are other people out here in other universities and colleges all around the country, and I'll tell you what, they're learning their stuff. They're learning their trade. They're doing their very best, and they're outshining many times God's people because we've got the truth. We've got what we need and we don't take the time to read it. We don't take the time to live it. We don't take the time to get it in our brain and we think, what's wrong with this? I'll tell you what, the world outshines us in that because we've got everything we need right here and the world outshines us because maybe we're too lazy. Well, that's heartless. Well, I'll tell you, that does for anybody here that's saved tonight because we have the word of God and you don't have to go to Bible college to read the Bible or to be a godly individuals, but we need the word of God put in our head and in our heart to help us to be what we need to be. And there's no reason, there is no reason that God's people shouldn't have as good as knowledge as anybody out here trying to sell insurance. You've seen people with insurance stuff, they know that stuff from top to bottom and backwards and forwards. And I'll tell you, we got a book that we ought to know backwards and forwards. Oh yeah. And too often, the world shows more forethought and more zeal and more dedication in earthly matters than Christians show in spiritual matters. Because all this is going to burn up. But on the other side, that's going to be forever. Oh, mercy. I guess we can go home. Not quite. Because I got to get down to where we we're gonna we're gonna have to make some application here, <laughs> so let me show you just a couple of things here. Because verse nine is really what I want to get to, because Jesus is speaking now, and He said, "I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye." Fail. It doesn't say it. Because that's a whole different interpretation. When ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. Well, oh, Brother Rocky, what was Jesus saying there? I'll tell you what he's saying. Make some friends. Make some friends. Well, who's he speaking to? Well, context says he's speaking to his disciples. And I want you to notice this, that he was drawing an analogy between the way the steward prepared for his unemployment and the way that you and I ought to prepare for eternity. 
That's what Jesus is trying to drive home here. Time is running out for you and me. I can't believe I'm 55 years old. My life's half over. I'm not going to be 110, so my life's half over. I'm not going to live. I'm not going to live forever. But while I'm living, I want to live. And I want my life to count for Jesus Christ. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, when we come to the end of our life, we're just not losing a job. You might lose something even more valuable than that if you're not saved. I want you to notice this. Jesus said, when ye fail. So I went back. I'd never done this before. I don't see what that word fail means there. It's where we get the English word eclipse from. It's the word. I can't pronounce it in Greek, but it's the word eclipse in our English language. And I believe in the context here, it refers to the event when you and I are going to pass over and die and go to the other side. Because everyone is going to leave all their money and all their possessions behind when they go to the other side. Yep. But in the meantime, we're not there yet. I like to tell people I'm ready to go to heaven, but I'm not ready to get on the next bus load. Okay, I, I want to go, but I'd like to live a little bit longer. I really would. Is everybody with me? But while we're waiting to go to the other side, we are called to use our money in a way that shows that we have the right eternal priorities in our lives. So question, are we willing to act decisively in our spiritual interests the way the unjust steward acted in his financial interest? See, God's people, that'd be us tonight if you're saved, we're to use money in a way that makes money our friend. Well, I'm still thinking we have a faith promise mission conference. I'm thankful for that. I had one for many years as a pastor. I'm thankful for that. But the question is, are you involved? Well, this isn't this. Well, this is Heartland Sunday, so it's a missions project. Amen. And, and, and we're going to talk about that here in just a second. I'm not forgotten where I'm at. Look, notice here, everlasting habitation refers to heaven. Listen, you don't work your way into heaven. You don't get there by giving money. We're not talking about that. But I believe that everlasting habitations is the parallel to the houses the steward was seeking for habitation after he got fired from his job. He needed a habitation after he was fired. And ladies and gentlemen, I've got a habitation. I've got a place called heaven. But I'll tell you, I want, when I get there, are you listening to me? I want to have some friends. I want to meet some friends up there that I've never met before. And Jesus said we should use our money wisely so that when we die, we'll have some blessings in heaven. I want to make sure I say this because I put it right here. We're not buying our way into heaven. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 20, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. All right, so let's define one more word here. Mammon. Well, it can be money, but primarily refers to material possessions. And Jesus is exhorting us to use our worldly wealth for spiritual gain, spending it wisely before we have to leave it all behind. I'll just tell you, that's contrary to everything in a human being. How do you know that? Well, you know, I had little kids at one time and you know, you got so much money and you want to spend it all before you have to leave. 
There's people like that too, adults too. Come on. But we're not to do that. And the question is, will you have any friends when you get to heaven? Now, this is not an exhaustive list what I'm getting ready to do here. But I just, sat and did, I just did this on my own because for this particular message I'm preaching tonight. And I'm, I've been involved with the school for 22 years. I didn't start on day one, but I've been involved with it for 22 years. And in the time that I've been here, I want you to listen. Just stay with me. Don't, don't check out because if you do, you're going to miss what I'm trying to get across here. 2001, a young man named Adam Travis graduated from this college. Went to India. Now I believe he's in uh, Pakistan, if I said that right. 2001, another student graduated from this Bible college, sat right here in this church. His name was Monty Barlow. He's in Slovenia. 2002, another young man, Adam Travis's brother, Joel Travis, graduated from Heartland Baptist Bible College. He's now in Nepal. Brother Sammy Rogers is here tonight. He graduated in 2002. He's now in Brazil. Paul Leclerc, Leclerc graduated in 2003. He's in Guam. Uh, Billy Coley Jr. graduated in 2004. He's in Kenya. That same class, David Hetzer is in Sri Lanka. This is Ascending Church. Adam McGeorge is in Nauru tonight. In 2005, Hector Garcia went back to his home country of Venezuela. To, and listen, oh, hang on. They're all starting independent fundamental Bible-believing Baptist churches. Not starting something generic. In 2005, Rebecca Young graduated. She's now in Taiwan. 2006, Jonathan Burkett graduated. He's now in Japan. Jonathan Switzer graduated in 2007. He's in South Africa. David Merlo graduated in 2007. He's in Argentina. 2008, Josiah Long. He's in Mexico. Josiah Jones, I said it wrong. Josiah Jones is in Mexico. John Landy, Sri Lanka. Joel Reisner, Russia. Micah Reisner, Russia. Mike Schmidt, Brazil. 2009, Lemuel Javier is in the Philippines. 2010, James Pranger is in Russia. 2010, Jonathan Skeen is in Russia. 2011, Sarah Bradley graduated, just went to Croatia. 2011, Jonathan Mislin is in the Philippines. 2011, Ferdinand um, Padilla is in Germany. 2011, Brother Ray Painter's here tonight. Now he's got aviation, affection above aviation. Who in the world knows how God's gonna use that down the road? Where people can't even get a vehicle, but you can get a plane in there. Mercy. 2013, Riley Barrett just got to England just a few weeks ago. Brother Chad Hainline is trying to get to Kenya, South Sudan. Cameron Smutzler. He's in Mongolia. Dwight Bishop is in the Philippines. Zach Ray was just here. He's in China. Chris Walters is in Japan. Frankie Corley's in Nepal. Greg Feinhauer's in China. Stephen Trimble's in the Philippines. Rachel Looper just got to Japan. Matt Miller just got to, Siberia, uh, to uh, Serbia. Jeremiah Unruh is trying to get to Sri Lanka. Jeremy Bennett's on his way to Brazil. Rob Kitchen is in Germany. Every one of those individuals came through Southwest Baptist Church, came through Heartland Baptist Bible College. And ladies and gentlemen, this church put a lot of money on the table to get them there and to train them. And now they're all over this world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
I'm going to tell you, that's a good investment for the Southwest Baptist Church. Everybody listen to this tonight. Somebody might say, well, that's a lot of money, $225,000. Hey, 20 times that amount wouldn't fix everything we, have to, we, should, we ought to have. So I'm not griping or complaining. I'm, th- I'm trying to tell you, I'm thankful to be a part of a church that gets behind Heartland. You know what? We got Ben Rat sitting right down here tonight. Mercy. May his tribe increase. And I could go around the room and I could pick out young men that are graduating this very year. And we don't even know how God's going to use them down the road. But they came through the Southwest Baptist Church and they were trained at Heartland Baptist Bible College. And this church was able to invest in them. And here's what I'm saying. We don't know all the friends we're going to meet when we get to the other world. Do you ever think about that kind of investment? Well, dollars and... No, wait a minute, ladies and gentlemen. We're trying to make friends. That's what Jesus said do. With your mammon of unrighteousness. Money. Checks. How you give it? It gets to where it needs to go. And I'm just saying to you tonight, it's a good investment. It is an earthly resource that we're investing for an eternal reward that we can't even begin to imagine what it'll be like. So here's my question. It's time to quit. Are you investing? Well, I'm investing money in faith promise. Praise God. Praise the Lord. But you know what? I just pinch myself sometimes. They pay me to get to do what I do at school. Oh, I get to invest in young men and young ladies' lives and try to help them. I want, because here's what I want them. I want them to have a walk with God because more than an education, they need one. They need a walk with God because I'll tell you, it's going to be tough out there when they get in the ministry. It's going to be hard out there. And I'll tell you what will sustain them is that walk with God as they go through the valleys of life. And I'll tell you, I hope they get that. I hope they learn that, begin to learn that through the Southwest Baptist Church and Heartland Baptist Bible College. And I'm thankful, I am thankful, I am thankful for all the folk in this church that have a part in that. And I could start naming some people. I'm, I'm going to try not to do that. But there's some people that have personally sacrificed to help students to get through college. And they're out here. And <laughs> Pastor, I, I, I'm trying to quit. I got a whole list of pastors we didn't even mention that are pastoring churches, that people are getting saved and God is calling them to preach. And now they're coming to Heartland Baptist Bible College. I'm just telling you, we are blessed. We are good. We want to be a good steward. We want to be a good steward. And I'll tell you, I just want to remind you tonight, we need to take that earthly resource, invest it for an eternal reward. Let's bow our heads tonight. Thank you so much for your attention to the Word of God. Let me ask you just a couple of questions tonight. I don't know. I tried to mention it tonight. But are you allowing the children of this world to be wiser in their worldly pursuits than you do in your eternal pursuits? I think that's an issue. Because we have the truth, we ought to pursue the spiritual 
values, if you want to say it that way, mercy. Could be there's somebody here tonight and you're not even investing. You don't even, you're not even putting any money towards this. Have mercy. You're going to miss out on something down the road. Are you faithful? I didn't even preach the last half of this message. Are you faithful in the least what God's given you? I guess I'm asking tonight, are you using your money in a way that shows you have right, eternal priorities? And do you realize that one day, for too long in the future, we're going to give account of our life to the Lord and all we've done and all we've had and all that's been ours, we get to say, this is why I did this and how I did it. I, listen, I want to be a faithful steward. I don't want to be someone that's wasted and squandered what was mine to use for His honor and for His glory. And I don't know how the Lord might use this tonight, but I have no doubt this is where God sent me. So it's between you and the Lord tonight. It's not between you and Rocky Harrell. It's between you and the Spirit of God tonight. And I would encourage you, if God's spoken, do whatever the Spirit of God tells you to do. Let's stand together tonight. Father, sure do love you. Sure do thank you for the Word of God. Lord, I pray that you'd use your Word in the hearts and lives of your people tonight. I'm so thankful for this good church, good church family. Thankful that we have a place called Heartland Baptist Bible College. How we need a place that trains men and ladies for the gospel ministry in the future. Lord, help us be reminded we, we really do. We have a great past of what's happened and what, how you've used people. But Lord, I'm excited about what you're going to do down the road in some people's lives. So Lord, I pray your people would be involved and just not with their money but also with their influence, with their godly lives in the life of these young people. So Lord, have you worked tonight? Would you please just do what you want to do in Jesus' name. We're going to sing page 451 tonight, Trust and Obey. And if you need to come tonight, you do whatever the Spirit of God would have you do on the very first verse.